Self. Through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. The conversation in this episode is a part two of the previous. The conversation left off with Alexander discussing the difference between intentions and expectations, with expectations having a preference leading to us becoming emotionally attached to an outcome, and also how acceptance of a situation or behavior is not condoning it. And the most optimal way to help others is by example rather than your words. So now let's jump back and continue the conversation. Yeah, and, and having that perspective in any area of life where, that you're going through where you can just question what lesson am I supposed to learn here? I think that's very powerful because that then brings you up a level from just thinking that everything is just happening to you with no reason whatsoever, whereas everything's just random. Victim. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you can speak a little bit on that. I know, you know, there's many more conversations we can we can go uh, yeah, with that. Yeah, but that, I mean, this is an important one to at least mention. Uh, yeah, it's, it's multiple podcasts probably. Um, and I was just dealing with this uh, recently with a, a client as well, and uh, you know, the victim mentality is where pretty much all of the negative emotions come from. And people use that why to try to figure that out. Why is this happening to me? And to flip that polarity to simply say, what what can I learn and adjust here uh, to stop this pattern? But the, the effort has to be put in. So even other philosophies or uh, mindsets, you know, that was a big breakthrough when people realized that they were the way they were because of the way their parents treated them or things that had happened in the past. And that was a pretty big breakthrough, but it got a lot of people stuck that they just went, oh, I'm like this because of my mom. I'm like this because of my dad. Well, that gave a certain sense of relief, but it didn't give any uh, fix. It didn't, it didn't really give, it was just a stepping stone. And I think that's what you were saying earlier is that that I've seen, you know, people get to that level of recognition of of why I am this way. But, yes, it's been very hard to find um, avenues to say, okay, what do you do after you recognize it? And that's where my work, the way that I present it is, uh, say, you simply do what's hard and you, you change the patterns. And then if you do that habitually, if you do the change habitually, like you've been doing the pattern habitually, you will change your frequency you will change what you attract you will change your experience by simply making different decisions and that is focusing on the lesson as opposed to focusing on being a victim and when i was talking to this person you know uh, they were frustrated with their mom you know they had got a lot that they're dealing with they've got their own family their own business 
and uh, their mother just seems to be uh, creating you know more complications that to, to this person seems unnecessary. But when we went through dissecting exactly what you know her mom had been through over the last four or five years, uh, it began to paint a picture that there's a lot of trauma that's happened here, and people don't just get over that. And lots of times when people are hurt, they can need help. They can know that they need help. They can even ask for help. But then it still be difficult for them to receive help. So this is what creates frustration in the so-called helpers. But the key is, is that to help the person the way they need to be helped, not the way you want to help them. And see, that's two different ways of being of service. One builds bitterness. When you try to help people the way you want to help, you're going to get bitter because everybody's not looking to be helped the same way. But if you take the time and the compassion to help somebody the way they need to be helped, then that takes time. It takes patience. And you learn to pick your battles and you learn to know who you can really help and who you can't maybe. And we could we could apply that back to the um, the example I gave earlier where I was in the chat room and I was trying to help everybody by saying that I really feel like the the price is going to go down soon. I'm seeing the signs. And the mentality of the people or the energy of the room was not ready for the way I was trying to say it. Trying to help. Yeah. Right. So for me, I was like, man, you know, I'm just trying to help people. So I backed off and just watched it. And they, quote, attacked me. For, <laughs> through text, of course, it's it's text, but they weren't pleased with the way I did it. And maybe, so maybe the way I should have done it was uh, just do it myself. You know, right. just try to find two or three people that I thought that were capable of helping me or even gone to the top, you know, instead of just saying it in the general chat. Cause, or set it up. I mean, one way to work with this is uh, to ask a question, to remember that the question's always more important than the answer that you're trying to give. So if you simply say something like, and I don't know how this works, but simply say something like, I've got a strong feeling about something that's getting ready to shift. I want to respect the rules here. Anybody interested, contact me privately. Yeah, and you, you always put it so perfectly because when you're, when you're in that situation, you don't. It's hard to like think it out that clearly. But again, that's what this podcast, I think, is for because yeah. you know, I've been around you a year and a half and... Like I don't remember these things unless they're repeated over and over to me. And over like, and over. yeah. So, so when I, when I hear you say something, I may have heard it the first time I ever met you, but you know, life happens. You know, we go through our own things. You know, all week. And and um, I remember when we used to have a weekly sound journey in in Winston Salem. And so it was every week I was hearing these things. So it was a little easier to start remembering these yeah. things and build off. But go into the well. Yeah. Exactly. Well. So so hopefully this podcast will serve that for many people because hopefully we'll bring up different different examples, different perspectives, like you were saying, the whole three sixty degree view of a situation. And we'll repeat things many times over and over because yeah because it, you know the way that i describe seeking consciousness or uh, a wiser way to live is very reflective in just raising children and you don't tell the child to not touch the hot stove one time you tell it over and over and over and over and see we've become such an intellectual society that anytime somebody hears something that they've already heard they disregard it so 
this is the problem with processing information and processing emotions is that people think that they know more than they know. They have the concept, they've heard the words, but they don't understand the process yet. And as children, to remember that, yes, I like to say, you know, be willing to hear it a hundred times. Be willing to to fail at that a hundred times before you uh, get any better at it. And that doesn't mean that every single time you do something, you're going to have to do it a hundred times before it's better. But the thing is, is that it takes the expectation away. And when you what you're doing is you're teaching yourself that I'm not going to fix this quickly. I'm going to have to go through this process a hundred times. And then the, the cool thing is, is that you may only go through it 10 more times and then you get it. But it's through that acceptance once again, because the acceptance takes away the expectation, which takes away the pressure or the negative uh, emotion that is building to need to be experienced so that you get the lesson. So I would be that kid. I would be the one that had to touch it in order to experience it and know that it was hot. Okay, so and I'm so glad you brought that up because this is the point of so-called consciousness. Yes, we were like that as kids, but now the difference is is that if I show you a film of what a fire can do to the flesh of burning someone's arm off, I happen to feel that through consciousness and through acceptance that a person does not have to stick their arm in that fire to get 95% of the information that's needed. And lots of times that 95% is enough because that extra 5% can be the cost. And while you're saying that, I'm I'm dissecting myself here and I wouldn't need to light myself on fire to know that it would hurt. And And then I realized that I put a price on physical pain, but I think... And I think this goes for most people out there. The emotional, we don't, we don't really understand that as a culture. So we put ourselves in situations where we have to experience emotional pain because we don't really have anybody out there showing us what that pain looks like and then identifying it. That is one reason that I use that fire in the flesh because it is the extreme. But at every single step, no matter what you go to engage in, it's going to have a cost. Everything has a cost. Any energy that you expend, the cost is that you just expended some energy or it can be a lesson. So in these situations to where it's something that, once again, you said that you want is different the way you approach that from the way that you approach pain. And what I'm suggesting is there shouldn't be a difference because caution brings consciousness. Stillness brings clarity. So as soon as I feel a want... Or soon, but somebody says, "Oh man, I wanna, I wanna manifest this, or I wanna create this in my life." I say, "Okay, pause right there." Now, before you take one more step, enjoy that excitement, be in it. I want to be in it with you. <laughs> now, let's burn it up. Let's get rid of it and get back to neutral, because we're going to accept that everything's in divine order, and we're just setting an intention here that I, th- I feel like right now at this point in my life, I would like to go in this direction, but I'm trusting that everything's in divine order. So if I run into an obstacle, I'm not going to let that break me down. I'm not going to let that tear me down. I'm going to accept, oh, this is just an obstacle. I may have to go through a hundred of these before I get there. So these are the successful people that talk about all of their failures 
and how many shots Michael Jordan missed, how many games that he lost. He was willing to accept all of those losses all on the chin and just go, but I can get better. I can get better, not hold on to it. Other systems talk about not taking things personal, and I love that. But it is a practice that has to be done over and over and over to truly stand in that to where you're not experiencing disappointment when things don't so-called go your way. It's understanding that if you jump in the river without a raft or some type of life preserver, that you're more than likely going to hit rocks. You're going to hit sticks. You're going to get beat up a little bit. Um, that's just accepting the way that things are. That doesn't have anything to do with being negative or creating a negative event in your life. And even, or even in that moment where you want something, we should also go internal with the why and ask, why do we think we want it, right? Right. Yeah. Cause that's what something that I wanted to bring up with the whole uh, throat thing. And with that event, with the, the currency people see, when you spoke up to, like, your intention was to help, there was another want there, too. And what I'm willing Money. to just uh, <laughs> to ask you to consider and everyone to consider is a need to be heard, a need to be recognized. We all want that. So even in our purest intentions of wanting to help, it may not quite be that pure. Because if it was that pure, when that repercussion come back, you would have felt nothing. You would have simply said, oh, okay, no worries. I just wanted to help. But because of the feeling of the repercussion has something to do with the ego. And then that's connected to that one, which is very easy to understand. Anytime we're part of something, especially building something from a financial standpoint, we feel like we've got a voice and it needs to be heard. So expressing yourself was very important. It all comes down to how and to whom and when and how long. And what's interesting is I was able to look at everybody else in that chat and I feel like they were in that moment just so happy to be a part of something, a brotherhood and that type of bonding energy, like the energy where the the men go off in war and they they come back and there's that bond they talk about that nobody can understand, like that type of thing. So I, I could see them. And that's kind of why I think they're put off by the negativity because they're they're busy having fun. They're they're talking about you know building something, and so I wasn't able to identify that myself in that moment. But I was I was you know it was easy for me to identify it in them. Right, right, yeah. And then taking into account that you know your specific type being a generator, uh, our types is to point out what's not working. So to point out what's not working is a way that we show love. But if someone is going to take that as negative then we're not doing what is good for everyone involved. So that's why developing a language is very important. And if you hadn't developed the language with the person or the group and they understand truly that your intentions are pure, blah, 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 then yes, lots of times uh, my saying of good intentions are the death of a wise one because intention isn't enough when you are dealing with other people. When you are dealing with yourself, intention is enough. But when you're dealing with other people, you have to see where that person is at because you have the best of intentions has created some of the worst repercussions that there's ever been. Um, so that's that's a very good point to, to bring up. Yeah. Yeah, that's all good stuff. <laughs> stuff <laughs> stuff I, I really need to work on the whole being still before jumping in as well as working on my language of people because I, I do it. I do it 
sometimes, but I don't think to do it all the time. Right. And and I want to, you know, get your honest feedback as well to understand that by no means am I uh, talking about dissipating the level of joy experienced. That's why I say, oh, man, when you feel that that juice come on and like, man, I want to be a part of that. Just be in that. Just be in that, be in the possibilities of, oh, this could happen, that could happen, this could happen. Enjoy that. And then after you get through that emotional swing, then go, okay, now let me just look at the cost of this. And uh, that's not squashing joy from my perception. That's experiencing it and then saying, okay, now I need to bring this other side in to see it as clearly as I can. And in order to see it clearly, both so-called positive and so-called negative emotions have to be removed because a positive emotion clouds your vision just as much as a negative emotion does, just clouds it in a different way. The fact of the matter is, is any emotion clouds one's true vision and understanding of a situation. So that's all I'm suggesting is, yes, be in that excitement, feel it, consider the potential costs, and then take a step toward that while understanding that the slower that you go into something the easier it is to back out with less cost so if something is so too time sensitive uh then you know that gets into more like uh, adrenaline type people people that are are seeking adrenaline and big jumps and huge gains and that's just not what my work's about so there's nothing wrong with that. And there are people that are designed to, to do that. And we'll be talking about some of those people uh, in this podcast. That's just not where the majority of uh, the mass population is. And then earlier, before we started recording, we were also talking about, with me being a, a three of diamonds, but I'm also a double diamonds, uh, we were talking about their relationship around money or things that are valued and we even got into how that attachment with money, if I or anybody who is a diamond, or you can correct me if it's just threes or sevens or any diamond, if you fear or have a fear of where your money is coming or whatever you value, where it's coming from or if it's going to run out, then that almost becomes an obstacle in uh, receiving that. And I know this in my own personal life obviously and and we've talked about it and you've definitely helped me where i've i've gone out and i've become a freelancer and so that is a scary thing leaving a salary job where you know you're getting paid but it comes with its own freedoms and i don't know where my next paycheck is coming from i've lived in that that fear and i've kind of had a weird relationship with money all my life where i've been able to attract it but i also I do have this kind of fear of not having it or it running out. And so I did go through a period where I wasn't sure where my next job was going to come from. And through our talks, I thought that I was going to try this out and just not have a fear and just really put it out there that the universe or whatever has the best intentions for my life. And whatever I'm supposed to do will come and and I'll be taken care of. And anytime I've dismissed the negative thoughts that come in, I've just attracted exactly what I needed, you know, at the time for money, you know, money-wise. Right, right, yeah. And this whole, um, you know, the vision of of worry and concern and what we want, I mean, it it is a a broad uh, concept because, you know, nobody wants to experience 
uh, pain or discomfort. But growth entails that. So, like, if anyone has ever had, like, a major um, appendage injury and have to go through rehab, you know, those the people that work with rehab patients, they push you past the point that you want to go by yourself because you have to go through that pain. So this is what I would like to, you know, bring up at this point about, like, manifesting or getting, like, what we want. This is where the concept of not being willing to pay the cost is where those negative emotions come from. And this is why, once again, I bring that in to to have that vision in the beginning uh, helps to buffer that expectation. It's not building negative energy because you're looking to get to the neutral place, then to move forward. And so, yes, recognizing that uh, in yourself that everyone carries different levels of this. So, yes, the the three of diamonds is specific. We were talking about another person I knew of that was a ten of diamonds, that when they're not thinking about money at all, it just comes in. So a lot of lot of diamonds carry this this trait that the tendency is that there's a lot of availability there, um, but also uh, sometimes for gains to have to happen, losses have to happen in other areas. So once again, being willing to pay the cost and not allowing the process to throw us around on this uh, emotional roller coaster ride um, because of the expectations of it. So. So, yes, getting back to that, it is a practice in trust, but it's also a practice in managing our wants. And so it becomes a co-creation. And I've heard people use that term before, but but this is my my vision of this, is that, yes, we're working on trust and allowing things to come to us as it's divinely guided to, but there are certain initiations and certain times that we need to push that first domino to get all the other ones to fall and, and there's a big um, separation between discerning when to move forward with situations and when to feel that it's not the right time and to trust. So that, that third energy center just below the rib cage has to do with trust and willpower. And it's not that one is better than the other. Everyone needs to use both of those at different amounts at different times. So... Uh, what I like to say with that is that if you're trying to discern between the two, to look at lots of times when we initiate a new direction, life will challenge us to see if we are serious. So perseverance is very important at the beginning. But to pay attention as you get the ball moving, as the obstacles come up, to really look at, hey, what's the lesson here? Is it is it suggesting that I keep going down this path or do I need to create a new path uh, or uh, take a little bit of a left turn here? So that's the way I like to just suggest to people to play around with um, that discernment between trust and willpower and knowing if, whether you're initiating something new and it's just life checking in to see are you serious here? Will you persevere through a few obstacles? Or if it's uh, as a process is going on and you're uh, possibly being uh, tested to trust that it's not the right time or it's time for an adjustment. So in my example, just to dissect what you were saying, so I think looking at the cost of becoming a freelancer, uh, what could happen? And I think this was a big part of, of how I was able to really work on 
not worrying about where money or the next project was coming in is like what's worst case scenario like what first of all what's the bottom line that i need to make mm -hmm. and what if i don't one month but really just run running those scenarios through your mind and being like am i making this up or is there really an issue here and like how bad is it and usually it's really your head that's doing it yes um not not really the, the actual situation right right and another i like to give this example just a few weeks ago i was at a, a sound journey and talking after my sound journey and somebody brought up the subject of negative thinking and creating um, through these thoughts. And this lady said that she was uh, close to 65 years old and she was planning on retiring in a couple of years. And every now and then the thought comes in about like, what if I run out of money? Um, and what if I can't pay my house payments and that kind of thing? And uh, she said, and I can just really go down a downward spiral once that starts. And I simply said, um, have you always been financially taken care of? And she said, well, yeah. I said, has there been times where things have been tight? And she said, yes. But I said, but you've always been taken care of one way or another. She said, yes. I said, then why wouldn't you think that? And she just went, well, I don't know. And I said, it's because of all the fear that everybody around you has put into you. Because if your experience is 100% that you've completely been taken care of, then this fear is false. So that was just, of course, specifically with her. And all these variables change with each individual. We have to be careful to let certain experiences uh, go and traumas and understand that when we do learn the lesson, we don't need to attract that back in over and over. So this is the beauty of focusing on what's the lesson here. And the point isn't that you work through all your lessons because you don't run out of stuff. Uh, that's why this is more of a philosophy of a lifestyle than uh, something that's going to fix things. But what you do do is you work towards being affected by each scenario less and less and less. And that's where the benefit of the work comes because if you're doing it, if you're doing the whole process and you're working on it on all these levels, then you don't need to experience uh, the initiation of the lesson uh, over and over. When you were talking about listening to other people chime in with, with like the fear types of things, it reminded me of my sister who got into doing a business where she had to put money up front to get stock and then, and then she could start selling these items. And she's also a three of diamonds, so we kind of have that uh, creative energy with money type of thing. And in, in, uh, so we can share that and share stories and share our feelings and our experiences. And she told me that when she started telling people that she was going to do this, a lot of her friends were like, are you sure you want to do that? You're going to put all that money in there? You know, what? are you sure? You, you know, what are you thinking? And uh, I mean, she's not like rich or anything, but, but I could see that, that it's clearly like their insecurities that they're, it's not really them thinking about my sister's situation. It's, it's really about their situation and like they wouldn't do that. So they're yeah. giving her advice on their behalf. Yeah. If they were in that situation. So once yeah. again, they're giving their opinion based off of themselves rather than what is useful for her to yeah. hear. And this is what we do as a culture. Not everyone knows how to help. Just like not everyone knows how to communicate. Lots of people know how to talk. They know how to debate. They know how to argue. They know how to yell. They know how to do a lot of stuff verbally. 
But communication is something completely different, and that is the removal, what I call conscious communication, is simply the removal of emotion. And as soon as emotion comes in, it's no longer conscious. It's haphazard. And knowing that things are going to be received wrong, going to be taken wrong, going to be given wrong, because as soon as the emotion, any emotion at any level comes in, it changes the way we receive and the way we give information. So once again, this is about managing the emotions, not suppressing, not running from them, but processing and releasing. So wisdom is in the emptying, knowledge is in the learning. Seek the wise. Yeah, so in that situation, those people giving her input, they are not able to put themselves in her shoes and then look at it from her situation, like you're saying. And I think that a lot of people with debating and things like that, usually it's all about how you see it, how your perspective is. And really, we're just arguing with our perspective versus like trying to look at the other one to then take it on and look at it. Which every perspective is so limited because you can't know all the variables of of what somebody has been through in that just that day or just the last hour or much less a whole lifetime. And that's why judgment is... You know, judge not. Exactly. Very, very simple. Just, you know, judge not. And, um, and every time we have a judgment, it is a, uh, a little flag to say, look at yourself. Look at yourself. Where do you carry this? And see, then we get into like justification and details. And we say, oh, I don't do that. Like, I'm so disgusted with that person that just drinks all the time and don't do anything uh, good for his family and just wastes money and blah, blah, blah. That's straight up judgment. So somebody can justify that and say, well, see, I don't drink, so I'm a good person. They're a bad person. But then if we went through and I said, is there something that you do every day, like habitually? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. You'll eventually get to where they will talk about something that yes there is something every day because what we're what the the underlying issue there is addiction it's not alcohol the issue is addiction and that's reflecting addiction back on that lady and so whatever she's addicted to is creating that judgment that's what she's seeing but she can justify it and say i don't drink so i'm not like that person but almost everyone has some type of addiction some type of crutch and that can even be something that's justified as good, as as like reading. or I mean, you can overdo anything. I know people that, that work out and they have, uh, you know, great physiques or whatever, but they're wearing their body out because that's their addiction is the adrenaline of the friction of working out. And so they don't give the body time to rest. So even so-called good things that are done just habitually is going to have a repercussion at some point in time. So that judgment is basically reflecting the, is it like the friction that maybe their subconscious has with their... With themselves. With themselves. Yeah, yeah. But the, like I said, justification is our biggest obstacle because we focus on the um, on the specific rather than, we focus on the tree rather than the forest and go, Where's, where do I have a tree in this forest? And like I said, focusing on the addiction is the forest. And there's many, many trees out there. But when the focus is just on alcohol, then it's easy for one to justify. And so that's what people use is justification that, that they judge. They use those specifics to say, I'm not like that. Therefore, I'm better than this person. And, and that has no benefit for everybody that's involved. 
So we've t- we've talked about many things. Um, I know originally we wanted to really talk about attachment, but we've also got into acceptance uh, versus condoning very lightly, um, uh, intention versus expectation, fear, emotion around money. Is there anything else you want to add that is really important or or maybe the most important thing that people should remember based on this conversation? Well, I think that, you know, one of the biggest parts here is to understand that anytime we have a want, we have initiated the energy of expectation. Therefore, by the laws of physics or the laws of resonance or the laws of uh, music or frequencies, whatever you want to call it, the polarity has to be experienced. Because if there is a North Pole, there has to be a South Pole. Where there is fire, there better be water close by to regulate. So once again, this is why working towards embracing our differences is where the true strength is at. And so uh, being clear that we need clear intention to know the direction that we're going so that we can stay on course while accepting that it may not be easy, accepting that everyone's not going to approve of it, accepting that we're going to go through periods of doubt. So all of that accepting to stay on course, because without acceptance, one's not going to stay on course. So that truly separating that intention and expectation and directly connecting want to expectation. Once again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but When a want is created, I just think that it's useful to visualize but not attach to the cost. And the more of the cost that you can see, then the less likelihood that you'll have to experience because you're you're already working with the energy. Lots of times when a parent is disciplining a, a child, if the parent just sees that the child is trying, they'll be a whole lot more lenient. The child does not have to correct it the first time. We need to remember that with ourselves and with others. We expect too much of ourselves and of others. Give them that hundred times, hundred times. And I've heard people say, oh, they've done this to me three or four times. And I go, how many times have they helped you out or been there to listen to you? Oh, thousands. So why is that three or four times so much? So that's what we do is we hold on to the so-called negative and we let the so-called positive pass and we don't regulate them the same. So I think that's the, uh, the main part of, of this. And I'd really like to ask you to, to add anything to it. But, but connecting that you just coming in and mentioning this issue with your neck has brought about a huge perspective and uh, many different concepts. And it was potentially connected to a want that you had and that want we even dissected that to be multi-layered that it was for uh, monetary gain for recognition for respect you know and then the cost of that hurt and like you said then once you got that that slap on the wrist so to say and you started backing out then you could see everything much much clearer or how would you expand on that well i I guess the most important thing that that I learned today was was just a reminder to always look at a situation with the perspective that what am I here to learn? And and I know this, I know this, but I forget it. So, I mean, it saves a lot of whys 
by just looking at what am I here to learn. And just by doing that, you turn the, the whole perspective around. And it's no longer about being a victim. It's about making the best of every situation. And it's not about needing anyone to be any different than they are or any situation to be different than it is. Uh, and that is the, you know, it said that when the student's ready, the teacher shows up. And so this teacher is showing up over and over and over, just waiting for the student to be ready to get the lesson. And then when the student gets the lesson, then the teacher can move on to another lesson. So the point isn't that you get away from suffering. Buddhism teaches complete you know, non-attachment to get away from suffering, and there's a lot of truth to that. Um, but there is a management. There's another level of being able to manage it and this is just my perspective to to focus on both the reward of what you so-called want, but as soon as that want is initiated to accept that there's a cost here, let me look at this cost. And then before I take the next step, let me be willing to pay whatever cost comes with this because I am not a victim moving forward. I'm making all these choices myself from this point on. So I need to uh, work within the parameters that – Things are going to go my way sometimes or the way that I prefer, and sometimes they're not. But that friction is necessary for the growth as well. So accepting that we're going to run into things that we don't want to do while we're on the path to do that that we do want to do is a big breakthrough as far as how people react to the so-called negative slapback of the cost when they weren't ready for it. And I think that's what you know. you said earlier Something like, well, you can say it, you know, so good, but when I was in that moment, you know, and that's what happens when we get caught off guard, we lose a lot of our tools when it's not that you stay on guard, but to stay conscious is aware. You're aware that at any moment, someone can react out there because everybody's looking to react. Everyone is on guard. So every time you want to say something or type something or put something out there on social media, to just consider that. We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, Gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, Knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform. And if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive wise wise perks you can do this by visiting wise-wise.com patron p-a-t-r-e-o-n 
Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander theme clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.